Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Good day. And today we're going to do some LA talk, bring it over to the West Coast, talk about both of those squads. Trending in strange directions, both ways. Entirely different circumstances for both teams, but we'll break both of them down, see what's been going on, see what is to come, and just kind of gauge where both of those fan bases should be at at this point in the season. We good to go, Phil? Oh, of course. Let's start with the Lakers, defending champion, Los Angeles Lakers. We all know what they're dealing with. Anthony Davis and LeBron James are out for an undefined amount of time. They recently picked up Andre Drummond, who played for, I think, 14 minutes before his yeah. toe apparently came, or his toenail came off, something of the sort. But regardless. I think he's going to be back, though. A game yeah. or two, he'll be out, and then yeah, we'll just play toeless. Yeah, so we, we still have the Drummond thing to kind of unpack, but big picture, small picture. Right now, since the LeBron injury, which happened on March 20th in Atlanta Hawk game, the Lakers are 2-5. and five. Those two wins coming against the Orlando Magic, who are just by name an NBA team at this point, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, who struggled to score points against just about anybody. Outside of that, there hasn't been – there hasn't been much to talk about the Lakers. They're struggling offensively, as you'd expect. Defensively, they're doing all right, actually. But we saw even in their game against Milwaukee that although they hold, they hold up for X amount of time defensively, once that team starts knocking some of those threes in, they, they just can't keep up. They don't have the firepower at this point. Let's uh, – so, so before we start – before we talk about the big picture stuff about where you see this team uh, – like, are there any takeaways you can even get from this Lakers team that's on the court right now? Because me personally, I don't like watching them. I tend to not watch them when I have a choice. It's just hard for me to really when Lebr- when it was just LeBron. There was no AD. I was I was in. I was cool with that. You know, see how LeBron interacts with some of those newer pieces like Schroeder and Harrell, all that stuff. But with no LeBron and AD, it just seems like such a far cry from what their team will look like, preferably if those guys come back. It's just hard for me to personally get anything out of what they're putting on the court. Are you getting any takeaways, or is it just kind of a wait and see? They're, they're just going to bite the bullet for this for this time, and we'll see where they stand when those guys get back. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a bite the bullet type situation. A bright side to look at is their defensive rating still is number one in the league. It's been, what, six games, I think, since LeBron's left, and it's just kind of been what they have. And defense is still playing really well. So, I mean, Frank Vogel is doing a really good job kind of using the parts he has and kind of implementing them in a defensive strategy that is still working. Granted, they were playing the Cavs and the Magic for two of those six. So it'll be interesting to see going forward. I mean, the schedule as it is is kind of rough because basically throughout for the next – three to four weeks, they're not playing a team that they could legitimately say they're better than with the roster they're running with, especially because, like, it's the Kings, it's the Knicks, it's the Hornets and Raptors. Those are kind of, like, the lower tiers of who they're playing. And none, no one on their roster can really – you can't say that their roster is really better than anybody at this point. So it could really go downhill. It could really <clears throat> be middling. I don't know. It's kind of really only those two, though. Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. It's going to be interesting to see how the, the Western Conference standings shake out, though, because, Phil, I know that it's 
there's a there's a decent chunk of the season left. Not a whole lot, but there's a decent chunk left. The Lakers are close to that playing tor- territory. They, they they are close. You know, they're, right now. I mean, the close games are close. Schedule standings are between four and six. Yeah. So they're not close yet. But yeah, you're right. There's about a four game cushion between them and the Mavs, who are at seven. But Schedule-wise, the Mavericks have one of the easiest paths the rest of the way, and the Lakers yeah. have one of the most difficult, difficult. and then you account for the fact that this obviously isn't the Laker team that we expected. It's just going to depend on if those guys get back. If they don't get back within the next two weeks, which I think they probably won't, it's going to be it's going to be on the fringe. It's going to be on the fringe, and listen, I you know the Lakers are going to be heavily favored against anybody they play in a playing situation. But you do not want any part of a situ a scenario where you lose one or two games and you, your hopes are done. So right, especially when you're like if those are one of the first games LeBron and AD both come back for, you don't want it to be like a high pressure. You got to win two in a row because you came in as the ninth or tenth seed. Like that might yeah, set you up yeah. for failure down the road. Mm-hmm. So definitely something to monitor. The Western Conference standings are very jumbled, and we'll, we'll talk about that in context of the Clippers later, too. Let's shift to the – still the Lakers, but let's talk about the AD LeBron situation. I know that you are – We are we're very different yeah. in opinion. We're on different spectrums. Um, I'll let you kind of give your case first, okay? Right. So just kind of to contextualize it, the Lakers I – think, I think we have to consider their non-activity at the trade deadline as – Kind of Confidence. an index to to where they to where they might view this team. Uh, I'm happy that they didn't do anything radical at the deadline. I know some people wanted them to make a swing at Oladipo, try to deal KCP, get off of Dennis Schroeder, all these things, and they didn't. They stood pat. They're rolling with the team they have now. But you are still skeptical about this team going forward. Obviously, injuries play a huge part. Where are do you stand with them? Why do you stand where you do? State your case. Yeah, so we were talking about this last night, so you kind of know where I'm headed and I know where you're going. But I'm a little concerned with, like, how the Lakers are going to be going forward. Obviously, like, the injuries are nothing to really just be like, oh, they'll be all right, they'll bounce back. These are two kind of serious injuries. AD, we don't really know what's going on specifically with him. People or doctors, like, on Twitter, you know, the those random people are saying, like, it's possible he could have had a... <clears throat> um, like a partially torn Achilles and bad stuff. That's like, you don't even want to play with that, especially when it's like AD, you don't want to rip if he comes back too early. It might be something like KD where he just kind of, we didn't really know what he had and he kept playing through it. And then what happened happened against the Rockets and he missed the whole season the next year. And then with LeBron, it's like, I think LeBron has an easier path to coming back, but when he come back, he's obviously going to be, you know, tentative, if, especially if he comes back faster than, the timetables may be better for because with those high ankle sprains, when the foot goes in, those take a long time. And once you're working out, like it's like they become really weak and you got to build it up crazy. Yeah. So in short, you're pretty much, you're, you're kind of not off the Lakers, but yeah, you no longer consider them the favorite in the West. Yeah. I, I don't know who I was telling you yesterday. I don't know who pops out. Say your, say your team. Uh, let, me, let me preface. I think maybe it's a part of me that's excited for the West because if the Lakers aren't the clear cut, 
they kind of just push towards next year or whatever. The West becomes really interesting. You got four teams that I really couldn't put one above any of them. You got the Nuggets, Jazz. I put Portland in the group, Clippers, and who did I? That's it, yeah. Nuggets, Jazz, Clippers. Just, just count, just discounting the Suns? Just discounting them? Yeah, no, no offense to the Suns, but it's – right. it, I mean, their guard play is, is phenomenal, but the wings are average or mediocre. They're good defensive players. And then DeAndre Wrighton is a big question mark to me. Big question mark. Agreed. So, I don't know. But, like, you put okay. him against the lineup of Yoke, like against the Nuggets in any kind of – in any of the rounds, and it's, it's going to get ugly. There's not another big man that could do that to him theoretically, except for like maybe Gobert, but I don't know. That's kind of just on the defensive side. Anyway, but I think the, the West would be really interesting with those four teams. Like you really could just have an argument for any of them. I, I went with the Nuggets just because, you know, fortune favors the bald. And Nathan did All not. Right. If you were to partake in my fun game, which for, which of the four would you roll with? I'm a, I, I like the Nuggets a lot. I'm on record. I said after the Aaron Gordon trade, I think Denver is the second best team in the West. So that doesn't answer my question. Um, Hard hitting stuff. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. 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 Welcome because to the Because the Lakers are the best team. Welcome to the club. So there'd be the. But I'm still. Let Let me say my case now. Go ahead. I'm still. I'm still gung ho on the Lakers. Okay. I I'm still I'm still in the state where I would be. Very surprised. I won't go shocked. Very surprised if the Lakers do not win the West. This is just a team for me, and I know that this season has been far from ideal. You know, pretty much everything has gone wrong, besides the fact that these injuries aren't season-ending, all right? And I think we got to remember that, all right? They're still expecting these players to be back. And I know right now it doesn't look good. Their, their record probably isn't going to be great. They're going to lose a bunch of games in these next couple of weeks. But I just have all of uh, – the Lakers, and especially – LeBron and AD have gotten my benefit of the doubt. Last year, I doubted them a little bit, honestly, taking the Clippers, and they proved me wrong. And I saw a lot in the finals. I mean, obviously, we've seen it from LeBron already for the last 20 years, but AD especially, I think that he's getting a little bit slept on right now, Phil. I think that people are kind of forgetting what this guy is capable of at full health. And I know that that's the big if, at full health. But right now, I think that when those guys are healthy – there just isn't an answer for them. So I totally I agree. Know, yeah. yeah. So listen, if, if you're going to have question marks about the Lakers and you should equally have, have, you should have an equal amount of question marks for the Brooklyn Nets who have been missing their best player for 20 games now with an, an also mysterious injury. I'm not worried. So we, we just didn't get onto that topic yet. Valid, valid. But I, I, I would assume your, your clear cut favorite is the Nets. Maybe that's a, Maybe that's a symptom of you not believing the other Eastern Conference. Yeah, teams. that's kind so of that's more of conversation. a kind of more of a knock on the East than it is to how fair, good fair. Brooklyn Nets are. But they are good. Fair. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, fair. I, I'm just going in the direction of putting my faith in those two superstars that have that proved to the utmost extent what they're capable of last year. I'm not going to count them out. I still think they're going to be there at the end of the day, but we will see and. It will definitely be preferable if they get some time at the end of the year to get their footing down because right now it's been – I mean, it's essentially like they haven't even played the regular season. You know, it's, it's essentially like AD hasn't played this year. That, that's yeah. Because even when, he was, even when he was playing, he wasn't in a flow at all. He looked kind of lethargic, honestly. It wasn't a great Anthony Davis performance, 
for the limited time he was out there. So it's it would be a quick ramp up if he just got there at the very end and went right into postseason basketball, especially if he went right into playing basketball where it's a winner go home situation in one or two games. That would be a lot. So right, and we'll see. Yeah, no, my only thing was like if that were the case or any kind of situation where they have like immediate like they need to make an impact basketball and they have those two guys coming back off of like a very small stretch between like actually play, or you know rehabbing and then actually playing games the like the downhill effect could really take in and like the injuries that they really worked hard to you know get back from pushing themselves so hard in those specific games can really like make themselves vulnerable down the line when they're playing you know once they once those playing games are over and they presumably win if that were the case they're going to go play on for 16 more games hopefully and then at some point you got to expect that they're just wearing down the body because they're going full front the entire time yeah, and that first round series ain't going to be a walkover because right. they'll be playing, you know, possibly whoever Utah, is, yeah. whoever number one. Phoenix, Denver, if they make a move. Whoever it is, it's going to – I mean, the West is pretty loaded. It, like, yeah. honestly, one through – really the only te- – I mean, San Antonio I don't think is much of a threat. That's why if they stay in that eight spot, then I think the one seed might have a pretty easy time. But, I mean, Dallas, Portland, Denver, Clippers, I mean, those those are all good. you got to go full tilt to any of those teams. It's, it's not your classic, like, seven- and eight-seater kind of walkovers. Not at all. Yeah. This is, a, this is a new paradigm. We also got to expect that hopefully the best of the 8-9 is going to come out of it, so you're not just going to get a – you're going to get at least a better chance at a better 1-8 matchup with the 8-9 kind of playing and filtering out who's going to be the better team. Yeah. All right. Should we hop over to Clippers? Let's hop over to Clipperland. So Clippers played last night. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like I had the same conversation about the Clippers every time we talk them, but we we got to talk about them. So right now, yeah, they played last night. I watched the full game. They they're still third in the West, and they still have the third best offense in the NBA. Defensively, it's eh, it's thirteenth in the league, which is fine, but. You know, I, I say this a lot. I, I still feel like the Clippers haven't lived up to the defensive potential that we were sold at the beginning, but that's just part of the bigger discussion. What were your take? What are your takeaways from? I guess we could talk about last night because I, I mean, I, I came into last night and I, the Clippers were missing some pieces. Serge Ibaka is a big part of their team. Patrick Beverly is a part of their team. Rondo, I guess you would figure should He's be, gonna be some yeah, yeah. part of their team at, at a point. He he wasn't out there either. But still a Kawhi, still a Paul George. The Nuggets were fully fully equipped also. So it was a decent limit test type of game. And I saw some stuff that kind of troubling. I saw some stuff that was okay. Where do you stand right now with the Clippers, Phil? Because I, I don't I, – maybe it's just no different from when we last talked where I think people are just kind of tired of them. They're just exhausted. They're just not – like we keep on waiting for them to be something, and they were on a good stretch before this game, uh, winning six out of seven. But the problems just kind of sustain. They just shoot a lot of jumpers. Clutch time, they're just terrible right now, Phil. I mean, and it's it's their stars too. Kawhi Leonard, although he played a decent game last night in the clutch, didn't really get it done. Paul George, shaky. Uh, like the, the, their numbers holistically for the season look good, but it just seems like when adversity hits, this team doesn't know how to hit that gear in winning time. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that does separate some of the great teams. Yeah, and you know how I feel about Ty Lue. I 
I think that does have kind of a large contributing factor. Like he's a large reason why, like at the end of the games, they really don't know what they're doing. You don't even really see play calls, even out of like half court sets. It's really just the ball to Kawhi or Paul George and maybe run a pick and roll or just let them run from like where those like advertisement logos are. And then they just got to figure it out from there. I think the leadership is kind of where they've been lacking and they tried to go get Rondo and they think that's going to make a difference. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. One guy doing like the lion's share of like leadership is probably not what you want. Like it doesn't seem like the locker room has good chemistry. I think Lou Will and the PG beef was kind of like not helping the situation, but Lou Will is now gone. So maybe there's kind of like a fresh start and they add this leader like Rondo so it can really push them forward. I don't know. It just seems like they don't really have like they don't have the sense of where guys like they know each other. You know, they have no chemistry. Yeah, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of solo acts. Yes, good right players kind of yeah. just going up there, strumming their guitars, walking off. It's not it, it it doesn't seem cohesive, and they've had some okay wins. You know that that win against Atlanta, where I, I watched the tail end of it, and they come back from I believe twenty two down, something like that. And some people were like, "Wow, that's a win that I don't think I've seen the Clippers come through with." You know, where they because. The Clippers of the last year and a half, that's, that's a game that they kind of roll over. They, they you know, like they to roll over. Say, oh. Yeah, and that, that that some people thought maybe that would be a turning point. Um, I, listen, I'm not saying their they're season over just because they lost the Nuggets, who we've talked about. It's a really good team. And they didn't shoot the ball well last night. But it just seems like whenever they don't shoot the ball, they don't do anything else to, to win. Yeah. You know? So there has to be something going on there that when their shots aren't falling, because they're a big jump shooting team, that's what they do. And when the shots aren't falling, when Paul George and Kawhi aren't getting to their spots and hitting their shots consistently, where are they turning to? And I don't think anybody knows. Uh, Terrence Mann seems to be a decent uh, find. He's been playing pretty well. The Luke Kennard experiment has <laughs> kind of just reached yeah, a screeching halt, poor, poor uh, unfortunately. Luke He's, he didn't get – yeah. I mean, he's not playing well, but I think they could – He makes sense. He made give him sense, a, at least. Yeah, but it's just not – it's just not working out yeah. on the court right now. But, yeah, the clutch time stuff is bad. The clutch time stuff is bad. And you talked about Ty Lue. I always thought the Ty Lue situation was weird because, okay, you didn't like the doc thing. You didn't like whatever was going on there. So you take the guy that's right next to him and who was essentially this the right-hand man in the whole entire operation, that didn't make sense because I see the Clippers this year, Phil, and the team's a little bit different. They look very similar to the way they operate on offense. They're, I mean, their, their defensive numbers are still eh. They look like a very similar team the way they yeah, operate. I don't know so, if I agree with that because, I mean, obviously Ty okay. Lue was like the guy up below or the guy below Doc Rivers, but if you did the same thing with Brooklyn, like if Nash left, you have D'Antoni come in and it's not really D'Antoni would just, I think it's just a product Tyloo being who he is. Like you went from Doc River, who's kind of like a rah-rah chemistry coach. It didn't work out. So they got rid of him. You move Tyloo to the top and it's a rah-rah chemistry coach again. And he's not really, you don't see a lot of X's and O's from him, at least from the time we've in Cleveland. And now he really doesn't try to run a lot of plays. He just, you know, tries to manage personalities and make sure everyone like is flowing on the court. And, 
He's a decent lineup adjuster. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good he coach. Like, he's with, a, with Cleveland, he's he a solid coach. He, he probably wouldn't be able to do what he did or win a championship if he wasn't a decent, halfway decent coach. But, like, when it, when it all comes down to it, he is kind of more of a personality and feelings fella. As opposed, yeah, yeah, yeah with I Brooklyn, like, if you got rid of Nash and you put D'Antoni in, he would have all these different plays and skews he would want to run at all, all the time. So I think it just matters on the mm. coach that comes in. Less than like, it's not like they're going to follow their, like the, the guy coming in is going to follow the last person's like exact ideas. I just don't think Tyloo had yeah, too many yeah, I, outer ideas. I get what you're saying. It's probably easier to keep the infrastructure in place though, when you just kind of were there already, right. you know, I mean, he, it seems like there was a lot of rollover, but I, I get what you're saying. That there's, I guess, similar temperaments, if you will. So we, we talked about the jumble in the West right now. And the Clippers, I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna be all right in terms of the regular season standings. Right now, they they sit at third in the West. So we just talked about how you let's let's go with the assumption that maybe you say the Lakers are uh, as you, you last night you said it was kind of a wash. Fire, I don't right. know, but let's you said it was a wash, right? Say what if was it's a wash? a wash. If 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 oh the Lakers, okay, the Lakers yeah, 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 I see. Say AD and LeBron, it doesn't whatever for whatever reason it doesn't they materialize, punted. and they just yeah okay. Why do you have? Where do you see Den uh, the Clippers in that clump of teams? I know you said they're very similar, and you put Denver ahead of the Clippers. Is there anything that the Clippers can do to jump them in your eyes, or is this kind of or is this just the way they are? Some people are just out on the Clippers. They're saying they got no shot. It's over. This we've seen this story before. I still have some hope. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm out on the Clippers. They definitely have a shot if they get <clears throat> hot and they could just drain threes for the entirety of the playoffs or their run. <clears throat> I think they could be sorry, I got something in my throat. <clears throat> All right. So yeah, if they get hot and Marcus Morris is just canning corner threes, then realistically they could compete with any of them. They could possibly beat the Nuggets. They could, you know, beat anybody. But it would be interesting to see who they face getting to the theoretical nuggets, play them in the second round. That could be tough. If they play them, like if they're on the opposite side of the bracket and they meet in the conference finals, one of them might not even survive that long. Or by the time they get there, one of the key guys could be dinged up. So you can't ever knock that out. You got to always consider random variables like that. So I give the Clippers possibility. I wouldn't say it's extremely high, but especially the way they're playing. You haven't seen them hit like a stretch where they're just like on fire from three or they're just knocking down everything for like five to 10 games or probably 10 or 15 games at a time. And from there, like that's kind of like what playoff runs are fed off of. I think Marcus Morris would be the guy that has kind of been hot that we're just not sure about. He's had uh, to start the season. He was ridiculous. He, I, I think he's cooled off a little bit. But I think those are the guys where it's like, you know, how much is he going to give you? We've never seen Marcus Morris be consistent in a playoff run, you know, to the point where he's a, a counted on last year with the Clippers. It was extremely up and down with him and they're counting on him. He's essentially their third score. So that's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of burden on him, especially when Paul George, even though he's having a great season, it kind of remains to be seen if he could be consistent as well. So there's a lot of question marks, even though their offense is great. There still is question marks about how they get their offense because it's a lot of jump shots. 
It's a lot of mid-range, a lot of pull-ups. It's they, they don't get a lot of easy buckets, which is my problem. When it comes down to the playoffs, you're going to need to get easier bucket buckets. And they are a decent half-court team because they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. These guys can manufacture shots by themselves, but it just seems like everything's worked for. Like you saw Denver last night, Phil, and their offense, it wasn't really clicking. You know, Jokic was not having a good shooting night. Murray got going late, and he ended up having a really nice outing. But they find ways to get really easy shots, and it's, it's mostly through Jokic. And I think that's kind of a testament to the Clippers' just complete lack of a point guard. I mean, Kawhi is honestly their best point guard right now. He does somewhat of a job of kind of orchestrating the offense, but that also takes him out of his scoring. Right. I think Rondo uh, will range. Rondo which will is help where, that for sure. Yeah, I was about to ask like, how. Yeah, I was about to ask where does where do you see Rondo fitting? Like, how much does that do, do you think he kind of helps smooth over that I process? Think he's gonna, I think I'll we'll help. see. I, I've a pretty yeah. good mark, but I don't know if like they ask him to do too much, and then it's like a problem. That's the only thing. Yeah, then we'll see yeah. what the shooting is because last year with the Lakers, he turned into this spot up shooter that was just unforeseen, and when he does that, he's really really valuable. We haven't really seen him this year. Like, I, I can't remember seeing him in Atlanta Hawks uniform, so I'm kind of just going off of what I remember him seeing last in the playoffs. I think he got a little overstated his impact last playoff. Uh, he was very good, and he had some big-time moments. But with the Clippers, he's going to have to do a little bit more point guardy stuff. With, with, with the Lakers, LeBron does so much of that, so he kind of finds in-between areas. They want him to be more of a traditional Rondo, and – we're gonna have to, we're gonna see how effective that is if if he's able to stay on the court with the shooting. It's a lot of question marks, but I liked the side. I like the trade. I just have to see how it plays out. With yeah, this specific definitely. group. Uh, before we move on to like another team or just general fitter fodder, if you think the Clippers have a low end, like a a not good way of ending the playoffs, like maybe first round or second round exit, do you think that alters Kawhi's decision in the summer? Does he? Does he uh, not pick up his option and talk to other teams and then maybe come back? Does he go somewhere else? Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm so just over trying to predict what these what these guys are gonna do because I just have zero yeah. idea. Uh, I mean, I was like, every, all of these moves that these players make, ninety percent of the time you can't see it from a year right. away. You know, like. Were we able to, like, the Durant to Brooklyn thing, was that ever in our minds until, like, a month in advance? Like, no. Like, nobody thought that was even on the radar. And then it happens. I mean, the the whole the Kawhi Clipper thing was kind of out of nowhere as well. People were, were saying Laker. Like, all this stuff. It's just, we just don't know. I'll, I'll give you my two cents on the issue, though. I do think it's a bad look. And I don't know. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't care about how he's perceived, all that. Maybe he doesn't care. So, I don't know. That's why I say I, I can't really predict. But from the public eye and just the way it would be viewed, it would hurt Kawhi's legacy to leave the Clippers after not winning a title. It would hurt. So it would it would it would go on his. I mean, especially if they went out in a, in a, a poor fashion, they he'd have two bad playoff exits, and they just wouldn't have delivered close to what they thought they were going to. It would just leave a bad taste, I think, in people's mouths about Kawhi as a player if he left without essentially accomplishing anything. So I do think he's going to come back. 
I think either that happens and they have a flame out and it's, and he doesn't want to end on that note or they do well. And he says, okay, we're getting closer. I don't know. I don't think he's going to sign for like a super long deal. Like Paul George just did, but my money's on Kawhi being back with the Clippers next year, regardless yeah, of what that's happens. That's fair. Do we got any other uh, Clippers ideas? I think the Clippers are a wait and see. I think the Clippers are a wait and see. You know, we at the end of the day, it's going to come out of the postseason, but this is just stuff we've been talking about for a while. Uh, Phil, I, I want to talk about one last thing. Let's just keep it West, make it a Western Conference today, talk about <clears> the right, whole entire right. West hierarchy. I want to talk about the top two teams. I want to talk about the top two teams. Both teams are trending up again. You know, the, the Jazz, they hit a little bit of a rough spot, but now they're just back on it. They've won seven straight games. They're rolling. Their offense is great. They have the, I believe, the, the second-best offense in the NBA and the third-best defense. I mean, those are championship-type numbers. Uh, no, no matter any way you slice it, no matter the way they're getting their shots, the way they're stopping their opponents, if you're, if you're top three in both categories, odds are you are contender-esque. All right? I'll put it that way. But there still seems to be a reluctance to put them up there. I just got to get – I got to take the temperature on the Jazz again because 36 and 11, Phil, that's big-time stuff. That's a – I mean, I, I know that the playoffs, it's a different animal, and we're going to have to wait and see just like we have to wait and see in all these teams. But that's a, that's some heavy artillery you're dealing with. That's a 62-game a win pace. Are you are you softened up on the Jazz or are you still uh, holding? I don't know. I think the Jazz are interesting. It does. Kind of, I don't want to like put all my eggs in that basket because like we've seen this so many times before, where like a young up and coming team has a great um, regular season, and then the playoffs come and they seem kind of overwhelmed at certain points. Like they definitely get through like the first round or the second round, and then you kind of get to the like every year contending teams and they kind of put them on their ass and it's, it's like, it's nothing you can do. They just got to come back next year and learn from it. But having said that, I mean, their offensive ratings are second in the league, their defensive ratings are fourth in the league. They're <clears throat> a great team. They, they obviously figured out how to play together. Quinn Snyder really did a really good job of putting this roster together. I think Jordan Clarkson really come into his own, but yeah, I, I mean, this team could really make a run if, there's a lot of injuries, like we said before. I just don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We really don't see these, like, top-tier regular season teams that are young and kind of haven't been here before really last in the playoffs. So they would be probably – I mean, there's definitely been teams that have done it before, but they would be among this small group. I'm going to push back on the young thing, though. I think this team is relatively proven. I, I know they haven't – they haven't like made noise per se, but I mean, I look at them the last few years, right? They last year, they go to seven games with the Denver Nuggets who obviously eventually beat the Clippers. So they're right there with the team that was contender. E the, the Nuggets, you know I mean? They, they played the, they played the Lakers closer than people thought. And the Lakers were clearly the best team in the league. So the jazz are right up there. The jazz were a top five team last year. Year before that, they lose to Houston, in the first round, I believe. Yeah, Houston in the first round. And the Jazz just always struggle with Houston. So that, that was tough. And the year before that, they won a playoff series against the Thunder. Big-time playoff series where Donovan Mitchell just went crazy. And, and then they lose to Houston again in five. And that was the year that the Rockets 
made it to the Western Conference Finals and went to seven games with the Warriors. So, listen, this isn't like their this is like their first go around. All right, like they they've been here, they've played in high leverage games. It's pretty much been the same group through and through. No, I mean, Conley. Clarkson's the only guy who Clarkson's really the. Okay, Conley, yeah, but Conley's right, proven his own right. Like, it's not like they're into the they, roster they pick... kind of important pieces that you need to mesh. I think I think they've right, been but like though. theoretically, uh, they I both that... came on last year, like, what... so wouldn't this be their second year of kind of running with the squad? That's how I was looking at it. It's... Yeah, I, I just, I mean, when you talk about young up and key, young and up and coming teams, I agree that those teams usually kind of get a wake up call when it comes to playoffs. But I think it's more so just the shock factor in the difference in intensity between regular season and playoffs. I don't think it's like they need to mesh. I mean, that's what the regular season's for, and this team's been together for two seasons now. They, they've been, they've been through a lot, and then. Their big time nucleus of you know Bogdanovich and Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles, uh, they they've been here for a right. long time. So, I, I you could think that they're not going to be able to just match some of these high powered teams because history would tell us that the superstars usually get it done. But is this team closer to the Atlanta Hawks, where they were a regular season feel good story? and then got blown out by LeBron's Cavaliers? Or are they closer to, I don't know, maybe some of those Spurs teams, that the, and the, the older Spurs teams, when Duncan wasn't really the superstar that he was uh, was before that. T- Tony Parker was dynamic, but also not like a game-changing kind of player. They, just a team that plays really well together, has great shooting, and ends up making real noise. Obviously won one title, uh, beating the Miami Heat in big time dominating faction. So like, which one are they closer to, you know, are they that proven team that we're just not giving them the credit because they don't have big time names or are they regular season feel good story? I don't know, but I think that we're just, we're just so averse to giving these teams the credit when they don't have the names. We'll see, like, we will see what happens in the playoffs, but there's going to be a lot of people eating crow if they actually make some noise. And I think if the Lakers fail, if the Lakers, if what happens, if what you think happens and the Lakers kind of punt and it just doesn't work out, which I think won't, I'm still very high on the Lakers. But if that does happen, I mean, I think they are right up there and I, I give the Nuggets the edge, but the Jazz, like, I, I think it's kind of a coin flip situation with That's the, why with they the Jazz, Nuggets, you know, those kind of teams. <clears throat> and going on the Spurs, I mean, you did kind of leave out the Kawhi Leonard element. He was young, but he won his MVP. So he had a pretty substantial impact on that. Just saying. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. No, I know. No, and, 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 and I'll give you right. this, Phil. They are missing that type of player. And I'm not even saying, like, Kawhi as a like, – like, they're, like, they're missing Aaron Gordon, you know. Like, those guys are as valuable as the flip side, which is, like, those two-way offensive-minded wings who – are kind of like the the crown jewel of the NBA guys who can stop those players or not stop them, but contain them and just just like make it make life difficult. I mean, we saw last night, Kawhi ended up having a decent game, but Aaron Gordon made stuff hard. Like Kawhi had to work for all of his buckets. Every time Gordon ended up off of him in a situation, either in transition or on a switch, Kawhi hunted it out because he knew that was his opportunity. 
the Jazz are missing that kind of guy. I mean, right now it's Royce O'Neal, but, like, uh, I don't know. He's kind of undersized. I'm not sure if that's really what you want to hang your hat on when you're going against Kawhi Leonard or going against LeBron James. Yeah. Or, like, right now even, just even letting, Devin Booker, you know. Right now they're just letting Royce O'Neal funnel people cover, so. into Rudy Gobert, hoping that works. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is going to be the, 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 the big litmus test here. There's going to be so many teams, Phil, because – it's going to be such an interesting postseason because although I think there's like big favorites being Brooklyn, uh, being the Lakers if they're healthy, there's, like a, there's, going to be, there's a bunch of teams. I'd say there's – and also, yes, there's question marks. And also, I think that there's seven teams, all right, seven teams. So that's mm-hmm. three teams in the East and four teams in the West where their franchise is going to be – it's going to be like we need to make changes if yeah, we don't make yeah. the finals at least, you know, if – if Phoenix, if Phoenix flames out, and even if they lose in the conference finals, say they lose in five games in the conference finals, they're going to start saying, okay, we need to make changes. Like, this is a win-now situation. Utah, same situation. Milwaukee, Philly, Philly, obviously, enough, you know, and Clippers, like, they're, you know, speaks for itself. So just seven teams that are in, like, real contention now mode, which I think is interesting. I, I don't remember yeah, no, a season a prior I mean, where that was the case. I haven't thought about it like that, but, yeah, a lot could change in the offseason. I don't know what the free agent market's looking like specifically right now, but I think it's pretty stacked. I mean, Kawhi could be there, but I don't think that's going to be in play for any of the big seven. But, yeah, there could be a lot of good pieces to get on the fringes. I think Goran Dragic is available. Yes. Can I can I throw you a tangential a tangential yeah. uh, trade idea in the off season? If Phoenix, who I am intrigued by, because I think they're really good. I think Devin Booker is great, and Chris Paul is playing as well as you could hope for. But you, as you said earlier, DeAndre Ayn is a question mark. How quickly can he develop? Is there a possibility? off season maybe things don't work out for phoenix and minnesota yeah. kind of flames out not flames out but they just continue to be crap in it in it in eight in eight in towns type of deal i feel like that's i feel like i feel like the suns would have to leverage their future why not because obviously you're not yeah that's what I'm, yeah no, i know they, yeah they would in they, that they would space have to like yeah of course is that really of worth it is there a better option out there obviously I Devin did. booker and carl any kind of ties, but I don't know. That could be too big, too steep of an asking price. And Aiton doesn't really move the ball that much forward for Minnesota. But Minnesota, like they're they're in crap, right? But they're, gonna mean, they're ask, not going anywhere. They're going to ask for James Harden. Towns is a deal, which means that maybe multiple teams have to get in on it, and the Suns are going to have to give up a lot if, of their future assets. It's not just DeAndre Ayton going out the door is all I'm saying. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, no. I, no, I, no, no, of course not. I, yeah, I, I knew you weren't saying that. And I have yeah. to work it it's out. Gonna be, it might not be worth it. Like, you, you throw a couple of picks in there. Maybe not. But I'm just – I think it's going to be a, just kind of a testament to where these teams are standing because, like, as I said, those there are seven teams that are legit. Like, we want to win a title now. And – it hasn't been that. I don't think that can be said for. So who are your four? Yeah, I can't remember last time there was teams. I mean, the Warriors obviously dominated. Not thinking of one. Uh, yeah, I have Portland in there. Are you thinking I of Portland? Because I'm not. Probably have the Suns uh, out. But if you want to include them, I would say you have to include Portland. 
They were really? about as competitive. I uh, yeah. I just yeah. Think, like, I think this is the year to do it. Like, options. they need to do as much as they, they can this year. They've made all the moves. They kind of put all chips are down now. There's really nothing else they can move. So they need yeah. to win this year, or else, or get close. Even if they get close, they're still going to want to change stuff around the fringes. So I put them in the conversation. Okay, you could put you could put Portland in there. You could put Portland in there, and. Uh, even though they're not kind of doing yeah, it, I mean, yeah. Miami's going to be like their fan base isn't going to be happy if they don't get anything done either. So, they a lot of teams that are just that, that are kind of sniffing it. You know, they're sniffing it, and I think it's good. It's it's a good thing for the league when multiple teams are in that position because uh, there were some good things about the Durant Warriors era, and but one of the bad things was it. It just felt like so many teams were just out of it. You know, like so many teams just throughout the regular season, it's just like they, they just knew they didn't have a shot, you know, and that, that sucks. So it's good that multiple franchises are sniffing the title and really I think are going to make pushing moves to get to the top because they have, they, they have, a, they have a good chance. You know, there's yeah, a bunch no. of teams with really good Should teams. Should we uh, to a random conversation? Not really random because it's pretty relevant to us, but the Eastern Conference is – Eastern Conference, I guess, four I like through random. – Eight is very close. It's within a game, and it's all tied. Basically, the Celtics are at eight with 20, 23 wins, and the Heat yeah. are in the fifth seed with 25 wins, even though the Hornets have 24 and they're above them. But I don't know. Where do you think that leads with our Knicks? Because they're currently tied for six with the Hawks. And we're playing the Mavs tonight. The Hawks are playing uh, yeah. the Pelicans tonight. Do you think there could be a change of the guard at the six seed, the coveted six seed? I mean, if if I was a gambling man, I would I would think that where in the play, plan if you had to just the, the, the way game. it's the way it's going. It's hard because I don't know the exact schedules of those other teams. Um, I, I, I would think they'll be in the seven or the eight. Honestly, so you think they'd be uh, in the uh, that, that, you think they'd be in the better half of the it, yeah playing games? Okay, I think so. I think so. Uh, it's gonna be like their schedule looks hard, but it's gonna be very interesting to see like how these teams approach like the back end of the schedule. You know, especially with the condensed year, and I'm just looking at the teams they play at the end of the season, like. They have they have Denver. They have Phoenix. They don't, they go on a West Coast road trip, so they have Denver, Phoenix, both the LA teams. Yeah. Like like, who are those teams going to be playing in those games? You know, I mean, they're going to be a week or two f- from the playoffs at that point. So, and before that, like they have they still have a bunch of winnable games. They play Detroit. Boston is like at the same level at them at this point. Toronto's a complete mess. They play Toronto twice. Atlanta's eh. They play Houston. So like, there's there's winnable games out there, and I'm just not sure what those back end teams are going to like what those rosters are going to look like on those given days. So I'm still like betting on them to be decent. I mean, the Minnesota loss was horrible. Yeah, you can't like, let it carry over. You just can't lose. But it's, that was, yeah, like that was like the first loss like they've, that they've really had in a while um, where they, they lost to an inferior team in a bad way. They usually do pretty good job of taking care of those type of teams. So as long as that carries, I think they'll be fine. But Hey, the Knicks are the Knicks. Like, they're having a good season, but we, we yeah, know what their roster the, is talent-wise. So. The Knicks have the sixth hardest yeah. rest of the way. The 
Hor the Hawks have the 18th and the Celtics have the 28th. So definitely have the opportunities to move up above them. But I think the Knicks will probably surprise a few of those games and they'll hover around. My thing is, I think they're going to be in the, the lower half of the playing games. Like they're going to be in the ninth to 10 spots just off of some kind of slide or something. And with By saying mm -hmm. that, I still think they'll be able to compete when they're there and maybe they'll win. But I think it's going to be a lot harder. They're going to make it a lot harder on themselves just with the remaining schedule. Yeah, that that's it's going to be a it's going to be a slugfest with all of the middling teams. So, I mean, I think that right yeah. now it probably looks like Miami's going to separate themselves, just because it, they're probably the best team. But and. and and if if Miami doesn't and they get that they end up in the six through eights, like that's a ugh, that's a headache for one of those top Eastern Conference teams. So definitely something to monitor as All well. Right, but I, we, uh, I think they'll probably get to the four thing. five. How do you feel about your Wizards? Barrett? Oh, the Wizards are shot. Wizards are shot. <laughs> <Very interesting. laughs> they they lost to the Pistons. Yeah, very right? um, it. Sell, sell low. Yeah, I mean, Beal isn't playing for whatever reason. Westbrook's just – what is it shoot? Westbrook's free-throw shooting, dude? I don't understand. Well, like, he's I mean, been, he went one for six last night. He hasn't about how good he's been I think since, in, the last, like, like, in the last seven games. Westbrook's been shooting like 34 from three. It's like, okay. He's shooting – he's shooting 60 – he's shooting 60.6. Yeah, that's – there's, I don't know how that happened. I mean, he was like an eighty percent shoulder, shooter shooter thing that was like a weird many thing. years. And then once that then, happened, you could see the dip in the free throws, and then you saw the dip in the, the shooting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Washington's just a mess. Uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna do our our franchise power rankings at the end of the year, and not, they are they, not. They gonna be low. That's all I gotta say. They gonna be low. <laughs> No, no, it's not a they preferable have, uh, situation. They have so, Wizards, uh, yeah, there's there's really not much to see there. They have a couple ass. They have a couple of young pieces. I mean, the yeah, you you just got the Westbrook situation is just terrible. <clears throat> like, yeah, it's just horrible. But that just that's yeah, out of here nor there. As good as it's all right, Phil. Get. You want to call it? All right. So as always, check us out on all platforms to catch our content. Follow us on Twitter at HoopScoopPod. Check us out on YouTube, HoopScoop. Got a new video out there about Giannis. Articles to come. Peace. Podcast coming out again next week, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.